Welcome to Factorally. It's getting closer. We're getting better. We're getting better. better at that. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time you're listening to us. Hello. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Simon. Actually, that good night thing is quite interesting because a lot of people have said to me that they fall asleep to this. Oh, really? It's obviously well, that interesting. <laughs> I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment for our beautiful, soothing, dulcet tones rather than the uninterestingness of the topic. I think that's right. I think we just get up here and we just talk about stuff in a very nice, calm, calming, warm, relaxing voice. Manner. Absolutely. <laughs> so, welcome back. Hello again. Thank you for returning. Thank you. And if you're not returning, if this is the first one you've listened to, where have you been? I know. What have you been up to? Where, where on earth have you been sourcing your factorial knowledge? You won't know that we're voiceovers. No, you won't. You won't know that this is all about facts and taking slightly less than interesting things and making them slightly more than interesting. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, often we talk about interesting things. But today, frankly, we're going to be talking a load of rubbish. It's going to be absolute garbage today. I know. Total trash. That's our subject, isn't it? It is. Rubbish. This is quite interesting. And, and, and yeah. I haven't gone in, back into the history of rubbish. I, I bet you have. <laughs> I might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so when did we first start chucking away stuff? Um, ever since we've been on the planet. Right. Okay. Pretty much. So quite a while. Um, you know, the, from the very first moment, mankind, well, not even mankind. I mean, animals produce waste as well, you know. If you peel a banana and you only eat the flesh, you end up with a skin. That's rubbish. If you kill something, cook it, it has bones. That's rubbish. Every time you, um, let's say, produce your own waste from a feast mm. the evening before, that's is that, is a that form rubbish? of rubbish. It's, it a, rubbish. it's a form yeah. of waste, isn't yeah. it? So, um, Every time you make a pot and you accidentally drop it, it yes. turns from something useful. Yes. Into rubbish. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened to ancient peoples as well, didn't it, when they made stuff? Sure. They would drop it and smash it and, yeah. and throw it away. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's how we know quite a lot about the Romans is, is from their rubbish, isn't it? It is. Whenever you watch one of these archaeological dig programs and you think, oh, how wonderful that they had the foresight to bury all their pots and plates and knives and forks. No, no, no. It's just that you've stumbled across an ancient Roman... Trash Rubbish pit. dump. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, you know, as far back as, as it's possible to go, people have been uh, throwing rubbish in, in rivers a lot of the time. Um, humans have always settled near water of some kind or other. And it has a wonderful habit of taking stuff away from yes. you yes. downstream. It's, it's a good conduit. Isn't it? Yeah. So you, you, you finish your meal, you throw the bones in the river, no more bones. Easy. If you don't live near uh near near water or at least flowing water it's a little little bit trickier it means you have to do something with it you have to dispose of it bury it burn it yeah go and dump it somewhere that isn't right on your doorstep yes um even if that's you know only a little little trip away that can be the rubbish area fair that's, enough that's fine it's out of sight out of mind so we've been doing it forever I usually start these things with a bit of etymology. Where does the word come from in the Go first place? Go for it. Um, so rubbish comes from uh, an old French word in the Middle Ages, robou, R-O-B-B-O-U-S. Okay. And that's the word that gives gives rise to rubble. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's 
generally speaking, it's it's sort of leftover bits of broken stone and brick and and whatever that that didn't make it into the building. It's been thrown away. It's rubble. It's rubbish. The word trash, which I associate as, as being purely an American word, um, that's been in the English language since the 14th century. Wow. And was used interchangeably with with rubbish, um, trash, garbage. Um, for whatever reason, the Americans seem to have taken on on with trash and garbage, and we seem to have kept the rubbish. And, I think the only way, the way that the English people, the, the British people use trash is when it's like t- talking trash or trash talk. Oh, or, trash talk, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's just borrowed from the Americans. I don't, I don't know. So you said, how long have we been throwing stuff away? The earliest remnants of um, of archaeological rubbish that, that have been found are from 3000 BC uh, in Crete. Oh, wow. And um, they had large pits into which all of their rubbish was, was thrown and then covered over in, in earth. And it's been much the same ever since then. You know, the, the, the ancient Greeks did it, the Romans did it. All sorts of civilizations through the ages have just chucked it in a hole, covered it up. Yep. Out of for sight, fu- out of for future archaeologists to find. Indeed. <laughs> Maybe they did it on purpose for that. A bit like so there, there's, there was a bloke who decided to bury some aeroplanes and, right. he, and he put cats in the cockpit. In the, <laughs> <laughs> like he found, like, got a dead cat, put a dead cat in the, in the cockpit, buried the aeroplane in the hope that at some point in the future some archaeologist is going to dig this thing up and go, well, wow. it seems that they trained their animals quite well. <laughs> <laughs> And here we find an example of the ancient cat-like civilization flying an airplane. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So there's been a lot of rubbish. We could start with how much we throw away. Give us some stats. I'll give you some stats. Okay. The average uh, citizen of the United Kingdom throws away about seven times their body weight in rubbish every year. Good grief. That's that's quite, quite a, a lot. bit. Yeah. Um, Sweden throws away quite a lot. In fact, it throws away everything. Okay. In fact, it throws away so much that it has to import rubbish from Norway. <laughs> right. So it actually imports about 80,000 tonnes of rubbish a year uh, from Norway. For what purpose? I mean, other than to get I it away think, from Norway. I think they probably burn it. I think they have some very efficient ways of using it to um, generate energy. Oh, I see. Okay. In much the same way as um, Formula One tyres. Have you ever wondered what happens to Formula One tyres after they finished a race? Do you know what? Sadly enough, yes, I have. <laughs> and have you what looked it up? What does happen? No, I haven't. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to tell me one day. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens after a race is that all of the used tyres from all of the Formula One races mm-hmm. are shipped back to Britain. Right. Where they are, they're shredded into um, pellets and then they are burned at very, very high temperatures yeah. um, as fuel for cement factories. Oh, really? But because it's very, very high temperatures, no fumes, no harmful fumes are released. Oh, I see. And the only particle that remains is like a non-poisonous ash. Wow. Well, that's a very odd fact. <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah, this show's all about, though, right? all about, yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the ability to make people go, huh, never knew that. Now... I, I was quite surprised by, you sort of talked about um, whatever's left over at the end of the, the burning process. I had a little look about um, dustmen, like original dustmen. My old man's a dustman, he wears, he a, wears dustman. a dustman's hat. 
etc. Yes. Now we don't have dustmen or dustbins or dust carts anymore. We that's what we used to call them when I was a kid. Yes. Even though that may not be technically what they were. Yes. Um, but it's just one of those words that you accept the existence of without thinking much about it. Um, but obviously they used to be dust men because they collected dust. So every house in the country used to burn coal yep. for their, their heating, their cooking, for everything. And at the end of that process, you end up with a lot of ash yes. or dust. So the dustmen would come around with their dust cart and they would collect the ash so that it didn't you know, build up in the house. And um, I had never questioned what they did with all of that <laughs> dust and ash. But they actually used it. They, they took it off for use in brick making. Ah. And um, even to scatter in agricultural areas to improve the soil. And nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so this sort of stuff, you know, the, we, we think we have the monopoly in these days of, of reusing and recycling and so on. But even back then, they were using what was left over for, for something else, for something good. Um, and then, of course, you had uh, the rag and bone men. So before the rag, rag and bone men sort of became a thing, you, you just dumped your stuff, you threw it out the window and it landed on the street and you just sort of left it there for wild dogs and rats and urchins and whoever else to sort of come along and, and scavenge and, and pick things out of it. Um, and obviously this became quite an unsanitary thing. So it was it was around the mid-1800s that people started to say, you know, we, sh we should actually do something about this. We should sort of make a service where people actually come and take stuff away from you, which is where the rag and bone men sort of first came in. Got it. Um, but apparently you could, um, the, 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 the bones that they took away could be used for making soap, cutlery handles, mm -hmm. even toys and ornaments. Yeah. Um, glue. Glue, all sorts of things, yeah. Um, so between them and the dustmen, you know, it was it was a reasonably good service, you know. You can tell when a Taiwanese bin lorry's coming because they play music. <laughs> Do they? So, so in Taiwan, the the bin lorries play loud music as they're going along. So you go, oh, it's like you know, it's like the ice cream man. Oh yes. So yes. when you hear the ice cream man coming, you like dash outside. Same in Taiwan with the bin lorries. Oh, great. You, oh, I haven't put the bins out. So you kind of put the bins out and then the, the Taiwanese bin men take it and then you take the bins back in. Whereas in this country, the only noise the, the rubbish lorries make is, this vehicle is turning left. <laughs> you, do that very, you haven't done that professionally, have you? I haven't, no. 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 One day, one can only dream. I know. <laughs> you find rubbish in all sorts of strange places. I mean, I, I can tell you where there's 180 tonnes of rubbish just sitting there. Um, go just, on, then. It's on the moon. Right. There is 180 tonnes of rubbish, including tools, bodily waste, flags, plaques. Uh, loon, there's 17 lunar vehicles that have stopped working. Oh. There's just loads and loads. And, lo oh, and, of course, don't forget the cameras that, that we might have mentioned in another episode. Indeed, we might. Which, which were left on the moon. The Hasselblad's yeah. left on. So if you need a Hasselblad, all you have to do is have a space program, go and have yeah. a moonwalk, and you can get some hassle, lads. Easy. There are slightly easier places to access rubbish closer to home, <laughs> although not that easy to access. Um, where would you expect to find an abandoned piano, for example? Um, I mean, for, I'd hate to say the local dump. How about halfway Chancy up shop? Everest? Not where I was thinking <laughs> for a moment. 
because occasionally they, yeah they 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 there are so like there are bin men who kind of get well cleaners who go up Everest and like tidy up and you know because a lot of people drop waste <laughs> on their on their way up and down Everest. Okay. And on their on on one trip they did they discovered that somebody had just abandoned a piano near the, near the summit. I mean. <laughs> As if climbing that mountain isn't going to be tricky enough already. Yeah. To take a piano with you. It's just asking for trouble. I mean, some poor old Sherpa or Sherpas has, has, has managed to get it up to a yeah. certain distance. I imagine it was some lunatic who decided he wanted to play I'm Sitting on Top of the World on the piano on the top of Everest or something. Or, or Ain't No Mountain High Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said um, that... Uh, the gentleman after whom Everest is named actually pronounced his surname Everest. Do you think we should all start doing that? I think we should. I it's think Mount should. Everest. Mount Everest. Doesn't sound right, does it? But that's the point of changing a commonly accepted thing to be actually accurate. Yes. So I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to call it Everest. Oh, let's see if we can get a little little following. How many people can we convince to call it Mount Everest? Oh, I, I, I imagine at least three. Well, it's you and me and one other. <laughs> Who will that person be? Well, let us know. <laughs> let us know in the comments. At some point, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about recycling. Yes. I mean, that's almost an entirely separate subject, isn't it? It's big. There's a lot of things that you can recycle, a lot of things that you can't recycle, a lot of different ways to recycle. Yeah. My knowledge of recycling is that I have a dark green bin, I have a light green bin, I put some things in one, I put other things in the other, and that's the end of my involvement in it. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess the, the rag and bone men were sort of recyclers, Absolutely. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. And there's, yeah. There, there, there is an awful lot of recycling that goes on nowadays. And yes. There are some very nice things that, that, that people recycle. For example, you can recycle coffee grounds to make mm. them into a growing medium for mushrooms. Or an exfoliant for hardwood floors. As you mentioned in a previous episode. On cleaning. On cleaning. Yeah. Um, you can turn tennis balls into tennis courts. Can you? <laughs> yeah, because oh, the, you, well, the, the you crumb. material underfoot. You crumb the rubber from a tennis ball and you, and you turn it into a tennis court. You basically make, it, make the surface of, of, of one of those hard tennis courts. You can, That's you, so apt, isn't it? I That's know, I know. Cool. Well, you know how all the, you know, skater boys are always like chewing gum and spitting out gum and stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, you can, you, can, you can turn chewing gum into skateboard wheels. They do that in France. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and famously, in the UK, you can make roads from books. No, I didn't know that one. Did you not? No, so talk about the, that. So the M6 toll road, Yes. Um, in the asphalt, they actually pulped, I think, I can't remember how many tonnes it was, of Mills and Boone books. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you get dramatic or romantic at some point on the M6 toll, it's probably because you're driving on on some Mills and Boone books. That's very well. I don't know. Has anyone ever got romantic on the M6 toll road? It's not the most um, the most romantic place I can. No, think No, not really. Not yeah. really. The hardest thing to recycle is plastic. Um, yeah. People dump plastic generally. You know, as you were saying, that in the olden days they they dumped waste into the rivers, which ended yeah. up in the sea. Yeah. And they're still doing it. That's an issue. And there are these huge plastic, what they call the, there's this place called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Wow. Which is massive. It, it runs sort of between sort of Japan, Hawaii, California. A lot of it is, is nylon. A lot of it is, is like uh, fishing debris, like nets and ropes and stuff. Oh, I see. But it's also all sorts of other things as well. 
And it just yeah. creates this sort of whirlpools and huge, yeah. vast areas of, of rubbish. But you can, you can do good things. You can good. do good things with plastic bottles. Tell us what we can do. Well, I don't know. What, do you own a Polatec fleece? Not knowingly. I've got a Polatec fleece. And actually, my dog, Baxter, <laughs> has um, a Polatec coat. Okay. And Polatec fleeces are made from plastic bottles. I mean, they, it feels like a really soft substance. Yeah. But it's actually made from plastic bottles. A, l- a large percentage of it is plastic bottles. Brilliant. So it takes about 25 plastic bottles to make a fleece. Okay. Now, I've always had this thing with nylon um, and, and polymers in, in general that, to my mind, plastic is a, a hard, rigid substance that, that can't be worn. Yes. But if you whittle it down, well, whittle it down, whatever the process is, if you, you, you can take it down to thread level. Obviously, of course you can, because yes. nylon exists, and that's, yes, exactly. that's essentially plastic-based, isn't it? That's so it shouldn't be too much crude of a surprise. Crude oil-based. Yeah. Crude oil-based, yeah. 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 Brilliant. So milk bottles being used to make clothing. Well, milk bottles, plastic actually bottles another really, really early type of recycling, because... Simon knows I have a thing about glass and bottles. I do. So milk bottles were one of the very earliest recyclable, not just recyclable, but reusable. Reusable, yeah. yeah. And they were delivered in uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. Milk bottles have been recycled or reused since about 1880. Crikey, really? Yeah. Huh. So you used to get them with like the, the foil tops, which you then collected and sent to Blue Peter. Yes. I never understood what that was about. Well, you can recycle kid. you can recycle the foil tops. Yeah, yeah, I know. But as a little child, I was, I was sort of like, why do they need our milk bottle top? It makes sense. And, they, and, and then, you know, okay, that was, that was in the 1880s. And then only about 50 years later, um, they started to deliver milk in um, milk floats, electric milk floats from about yeah. 1935. That's surprisingly early, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, you know, electric cars were one of the earliest types of car. But, yeah. you know, the milk float. I, I used to, in my summer holidays from school when I was quite young. It seems to be like a when I was quite young episode. But when, does, I, when I was quite young, um, my mother, to get rid of me for the day, <laughs> or at least for the morning, used to put me on to help the milkman with his deliveries on, on oh, the milk float. Okay. And it was, it was a lovely thing to do. Yeah, I bet. That sounds like fun. And they weren't the only sort of recyclable bottles. Um, they used to be, you've heard of R. White's, obviously. So the R. White's van used to used to come and deliver, well, it started off with lemonade and then became sort of colas and Tizer right. and all sorts of other things. And he would come once a week and deliver lemonade. And, just, and just refill whatever bottle you had at home? Uh, no, he, so you would give him your empty uh, R. White's bottles. Oh, I see. And he would give you a deposit on the bottle oh. off the price of a new bottle of, right, okay. of, of lemonade. So it would like, without, without a deposit bottle, it would be so much. And with the deposit bottle, it would be less. Yeah. And they would deliver lemonade. And, th- and then they would recycle the bottles. Brilliant. And uh, recycling bottles is something that um, I'm very keen on. Yes. Because you have to. Because yes. the thing about glass, they reckon it could take about a million years for, for a glass bottle to actually biologically break Crikey. down. Okay, so we, we really ought to find something else to do with them then. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what we can do. So um, an area of waste that I had a look at is e-waste. Oh, and, right. Um, it's, it stands for electronic waste, uh-huh. as, as everything with an E at the beginning does. <laughs> I've never really given any thought to this. I actually read uh, a script recently for a piece of voiceover work talking about electronic waste. And... Um, 
it's one of those things where it's out of sight, out of mind. You get rid of your old phone, your old laptop. You send the old item off to a, a place where they sort of give you a tiny amount of money and then it's taken away to do whatever with it it is that they do. Mm-hmm. But so much of this equipment just gets dumped. Roughly 50 million tonnes of e-waste is produced a year worldwide. What? Uh, worldwide? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, not just us. That would be silly. <laughs> and it's it's just shipped off to poorer countries, sadly. It's just shipped off and, and dumped in, in poorer countries, often around Asia and Africa. Um, and you sort of think, well, okay, that's that's annoying. You've got a big pile of laptops taking up space but that's not really a bad thing but our electronic devices actually contain quite a lot of material uh, which becomes toxic over over a period of time so between your phone your laptop your bluetooth headphones speakers whatever it might be they contain traces of arsenic lead chromium vinyl chloride dioxins antimony and then a whole lot of abbreviations and initials that i don't understand what they mean right but toxic stuff. Yeah. And if this, if if all of this stuff just gets dumped and it starts leaching into the soil, it, it can be really, really bad. Um, so there are more, more and more companies who are trying to do what we're we're talking about here: reuse and recycle. Yeah. Mend old stuff, make it usable again, rather than just chucking it into the ground and and letting it have its horrible toxic after effects. There's a, there's golden stuff in there as well, isn't there? Yes, there is. So um, there are things that can be used. You know, these things can be broken down and, and stripped apart, and you know, have have their useful contents reused. Talking about plastic bottles and, and turning plastic bottles into other things. Yes, the UK government. Um, I think it was uh, this year, the beginning of this year, uh, put forward uh, and actually got approved through Parliament a thing called the uh, the deposit return scheme. Which is a bit like what I talked about with our whites. Yes, okay. Which, which is quite interesting, where you charge an extra, I think it's 20p uh, yeah. for things like cola bottle, you know, soda. I use an American expression because it's I just know, easier. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Pop bottles. Pop. Fizzy, fizzy drink bottles. Fizzy drinks bottles. Fizzy drinks bottles. So the supermarkets that sell the, the pop bottles um, charge an extra 20p. And then when you come back to the supermarket, you bring the empty bottle back with you and you put it into a reverse vending machine and it gives you 20p back, either as cash or as money that you can then spend in that supermarket. Okay, yes. So it's actually good for the supermarkets because it yes. means that it encourages customer loyalty. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and and this is going to take place, I think, in 2025. I think they want to get it really? in, in place. So they've got a couple of years. They're, they're trying to use it for, for, for just plastic, but I think that there's yeah. a lobby that says we want to also put glass in there as well. So it'll okay. make glass recycling okay. easier too. I mean, we're seeing more and more uh, cases when you go to a supermarket now. There's a, a, a large bin to put your old batteries in. Yes. Um, there are bins where you can put your old plastic bags in. And, well, and batteries like are that. quite interesting because it, it, it takes about 50 times more energy to make a battery than a battery's got in it. Um, I just mentioned carrier bags. Way too big a thing to get into the whole bag for life yeah. debate and all that sort of stuff. But just a, t- a statistic. The average plastic carrier bag is in use for only 12 minutes. Wow. Because you pick it up at the supermarket, you take your goods home, you don't use it anymore. 12 minutes. The average <sighs> plastic carrier bag takes 1,000 years to break down. So it's in use for 12 minutes, minutes and, a thousand and it years. lasts for 1,000 years. Wow. 
they're not a good idea. I think we can just say that as a I, statement. I think, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's a good statement. Well, that was a load of rubbish. Yes, well, I think that's that's the end of all of our, our trash-related our rub- trivia. Our garbage facts. Indeed, yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking. And uh, if you like this sort of thing, then you're in luck because we do this regularly. Please we do. come along and listen again. Come next week. In fact, you could spend between now and next week, if you don't listen regularly, catching up on all the other episodes that you've missed. Please feel free to go and share us with other people, like us, comment on us, subscribe to us. And we look forward to doing this for you again next week. Indeed. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.